Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. In this half hour, we are joined by a very good friend of the show and a personal friend as well. Uh, I've known Brad for many years. He's uh, joined us on the Leslie Marshall Show for, I think, almost five years now, Brad. I don't know if you you knew that it's been that long. Yeah, Um, I think actually the first time I was on the show uh, was, uh, God, was it 2006? Um, oh my god okay i'm way off then so it's been way more than five years you know it's yeah. funny i i remember bo- i was booking guests back then andrew does yep. it now but i remember finding your your piece and i was like oh this guy's really interesting and uh yeah and- i'll have to check but i think it might have been two th- just october of 2006 right before the midterm elections well you know once i found out you were a syracuse graduate you know i yeah, you could I have pretty that. much said anything on the air and yeah. i would have brought you back Enough said. Yeah, so Brad, go orange. Um, go orange, that's right. Brad, if you want to, um, we're going to be getting into a lot of topics, but I want to let people know you hear Brad's opinions on our show a lot. He doesn't just bloviate. He bloviates with polls, people, okay? So if you want to come and uh, read some of Brad's work, all joking aside, uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Brad Bannon. Uh, he does a lot of great writing. Um, he appears uh, on many different shows, and uh, he's really in tune with uh, the political world. He's a Democratic uh, political strategist. He runs Bannon communications research which is a polling message development and media firm which helps labor unions progressive issue groups and democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns you can also check out his website which is bannoncr.com now today with brad we're going to be talking about um what an independent run with michael bloomberg would do to the 2016 general election uh we're going to get into uh the big picture of the democratic primary um, our good friend Donald Trump uh, having a temper tantrum and not going to the debate tomorrow and uh, some other predictions. But starting off with uh, Michael Bloomberg, this story broke over the weekend uh, in the New York Times that um, Michael Bloomberg, the former New York City mayor who was, uh, I believe he was first a Democrat, then a Republican, then an Independent. Is that right, Brad? Uh, yeah, he started out, yeah, I think he started out as a Democrat. Uh, then became a rep- I don't know, but he's been all three. Yeah, he has. So he's been all over the map. But if he did run, uh, it would be under the independent ticket. It, it seems like he would be more likely to run if there was a primary between Bernie Sanders and either Donald Trump or, or Ted Cruz. First of all, what do you think the chances are that he runs, if you had to kind of just you know give us an educated guess? Well, uh, I think probably less than 50-50. I I don't think he will run if Hillary Clinton is the Democratic nominee. Um, I do think he might run if Bernie Sanders is the nominee. Uh, basically, uh, you know, Bloomberg, and this is part of his attraction, has an in, you know interesting issue mix uh, on most social issues: uh, abortion, uh, gay marriage, guns. Uh, he is wildly liberal, uh, but when it comes to economic and spending issues, uh, you know, not so much. He's a moderate at best. And I, from what I've heard, uh, is he is telling his friends that he would be, if uh, if uh, Bernie Sanders won the Democratic nomination, uh, he would not like having a choice between Senator Sanders and Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. So I think, from what I hear, it depends on who's the winner of the Democratic uh, nomination battle. 
is that because he because like you said he's more conservative than Bernie Sanders on a lot of issues and more uh, liberal than Donald Trump and Ted Cruz on a lot of other issues, but he's politically dissimilar to Hillary Clinton in a lot of ways. Is that why? Uh, well, I, I think it is because he is, you know, on economic issues, he, he's just horrified at pretty much any the prospect of any of those Republicans being the nominee. Uh, but I think he has questions about, uh, he feels that basically Bernie Sanders is a socialist, and I guess he is, uh, and uh, Bloomberg uh, thinks that would be bad uh, for the country if we had a choice between uh, Bernie Sanders, a socialist, uh, and um, Donald Trump, a nutball. Well, I want to um, ask you about that. I want to press you a little bit on that, Brad, because I think... Although the the difference is you know somewhat slight in wording, I think it's big between socialist and democratic socialist. And I don't think Bernie honestly has done a great job explaining the difference. I mean, socialism is completely controlling the means of production. Where a democratic socialist, he wants to push things like free college, free, free public universities. Um, he wants to break up the big banks. He wants single payer. So I, I think that's an imp- important point to make. And getting into that, do you think Bernie needs to do a much better job of explaining that? Yes, I don't think he's ever successfully explained uh, the difference between a democratic socialist uh, and a socialist. Uh, you know, I I was opposed to him uh, giving that speech he gave uh, months ago on uh, what it means to be a democratic socialist, uh, because I am utterly convinced uh, even if there isn't a difference between the two, and there probably isn't much, uh, Americans would quite clearly be willing to elect a progressive, uh, but I think they're less willing to elect uh, someone who called himself, you know, he says Democratic Socialist, voters here Socialist. That's exactly right, and I think Bill Maher did a good job of pressing him on that, and I think that's an example of Bernie's brutal honesty where, you know, a lot of the times what people like about him is that he's he's very honest, even if it's not politically convenient. You know, he'll speak his mind and be truthful, which is something that people don't feel a lot of other politicians do, whereas that's a plus with a lot of voters. I, I think that's a good example of where it's a detriment to him. Would you agree, Brad? Uh, yeah, I think it is. And again, you know, there probably isn't much difference between a progressive on economic issues uh, and a socialist. But it's just a wording. Socialist. It's just a wording because it's just the wording. The word socialist scares Americans. Because the Republicans have done such a good job demonizing it, and you know, calling Barack Obama a socialist, which is you know, if you look at his policies, a lot of progressives were upset that he didn't go further to the left. So I think that's laughable. But pulling back to um, Bloomberg, uh, if he did get into this race, Brad, I think one of the most interesting things that you're very good at is kind of knowing the different key demographics within our elections. You know, um, you've talked a, a great deal. You know, this is a separate issue about the growing um, Latino population and how, uh, you know, that's really affecting our electorate. But if Bloomberg got involved in the race and it was a race, let's say, between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, for instance, um, knowing the issues you described of Michael Bloomberg, where he is, who do you think would he take away from one side more than the other? Or do you think it would be kind of an even split? I mean, how would you see it breaking down? I would see that uh, if uh, Michael uh, Bloomberg did run for president, and I, again, I, I think the only way, he, the only uh, reason he would decide to run if Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee, I think that would hurt Sanders a lot. 
uh, because, you know, Bloomberg, uh, more than anything else, uh, if you ask people about Michael Bloomberg and ask them what they could tell you about him, uh, the first thing would be mayor of New York City, uh, second, successful businessman, uh, and third, uh, gun control advocate. And he is, I, I would think he would draw more from Sanders uh, than Trump or Cruz. So basically, you know, honestly, being uh, uh, knowing all that, Brad, and I'm, you know, I, I honestly like I'm, I'm just this sounds like totally politically convenient, but I really like both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton for a lot of different reasons. And I think a lot of Democrats do, too. I That's one thing that kind of frustrates me is it's like you're not allowed to like both of them when you talk to some people. It's like you have to pick. And it's like, well, why can't I be happy with both the candidates and think that they're both great and just be happy with either choice? Is that just the way that our you know media breaks down? these elections it's like you have to pick someone right away otherwise you're stupid well uh, bloomberg differs from you in two important uh respects mark uh one is um he does not he does not he's comfortable with uh, Hillary Clinton, but he is not comfortable uh, with Bernie Sanders. Uh, so he's only comfortable with one of them. Uh, the second thing uh, is uh, Michael Bloomberg um, has a fortune to spend on political campaigns and presumably don't. Yeah, that's a very good point, Brad. Um, pulling back a little bit, do you ever think that we'll see a third-party candidate as president? I mean, we've seen candidates like Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz, you know, poll very high in this election. And although they're running um, under the Democratic and uh, Republican tickets, they they have some independent qualities to them. Do you, and now we're talking about Michael Bloomberg potentially running as an independent. It seems like we're getting, you know, kind of flirting with the idea. What do you think uh, about our future, Brad, uh, as far as that potentially being a possibility of a third party president? Uh, well, first of all, uh, the way I look at it, we've only had one third-party president in the great history of a republic. Uh, that would be Abraham Lincoln, who uh, uh, won the presidency in 1896 with this crazy group called the Republicans. Um, and he's really the only third-party candidate who's ever get elected president. Uh, and there are good reasons for that. Uh, and let's say Michael Bloomberg decided to run for president. Uh, it is really hard. I mean, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Democrat running for president or a Republican running for president, you're going to get automatically on the ballots of all 50 states. Automatically, don't have to do anything. Uh, if you're an independent, you have to go through a bureaucratic morass uh, that takes an incredible, incredibly long period of time and a lot of money, uh, because essentially each of our great 50 states has a different election law. And some states, and Texas is an example, uh, you basically uh, have to put yourself in a spaceship and land on the moon as an independent to get on the ballot in Texas. <laughs> it's that bad, huh? It's very bad. It's very, they have incredible, you know, basically each state says you've got to get a certain number of signatures to get on the ballot as an independent. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton doesn't have to worry about that. Bernie Sanders doesn't have to worry about it. Either Republicans. But an independent has to collect in Texas, I don't remember the exact figure, but hundreds of thousands of signatures from registered voters. What do you think, Brad, you know, 
I'm sure you, like me, have, you know, whether it's been a national election or a state election, many Americans as well have been frustrated sometimes when they feel like they're picking the least of two bad options and, and they wish there were other choices. What would you think of changing our voting system to um, something like instant runoff voting so that voting for a third party candidate would do something besides just hurt one side, like a lot of people say Ralph Nader did to um, Al Gore in 2000? Well, uh, I like the uh, runoff part. Uh, I don't like the instant part. Uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, I think the best system would be uh, if we had a presidential election uh, and, you know, more than, you know, three or more candidates. uh, And uh, in that circumstance, it's quite possible uh, that none of the presidential candidates would get 50 percent of the vote. Um, so I would do what they do in a lot of states for governor, uh, which is essentially uh, you have an election with the four candidates. Uh, you, uh, the top two finishes uh, get to run against each other in a runoff, and usually in, the, in states like that, it's usually like six or seven weeks after uh, the first election. And the, event, the problem I have, I love the runoff idea, but the instant part I don't like because I think voters deserve a chance. They got a long chance to choose between four candidates. I think they should have a chance to... Uh, watch the two candidates and choose between the two candidates too. Well, Brad, you just you just time. sold me. I think there should be a maybe month and a half breeding period uh, where the can the two candidates go out and talk to Americans again uh, because I think that would uh, be a better way for Americans to make up their mind. I, I I think you just sold me, Brad. I think that's a great idea, and I think you know what I I don't. I think a lot of Americans have an appetite for something like that. I think the problem, as you and I both know, is there's a lot of entrenched interests in not changing that. But you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean it can't happen. I mean, this country has gone through radical changes in the past. And and like you've said, Brad, if if people are hungry for that, then get off your butts and and tell your elected officials. Um, When we come back from break, Brad's going to talk with us um, about the specific primaries uh, in the Democratic and uh, Republican sides for 2016. If you'd like to comment on anything we've discussed or if you have any thoughts on the 2016 Democratic primary, uh, specifically the race between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, um, or what the rise of radical candidates like Donald Trump and Ted Cruz says about the direction of the Republican Party, um, you're welcome to join us at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back with good friend of the show and political strategist Brad Bannon. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. 8886-LESLIE. Speaking of crazy, we're now going to talk uh, about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, the two front runners in the Republican primary. I think if we would have said that about, I don't know, 
a year ago or six months ago, Jeb Bush and Chris Christie would have each fainted, Brad. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's very true. <laughs> By the way, when you said, uh, speaking of crazy, I thought that was your intro to introducing me. Oh, no. We'll, we'll save that for another day, Brad. I'll tell you, if you were crazy, everybody who's crazy in the United States now pales in comparison to these two. Um, yeah, well, that's true. You know, what, what do you think the rise of these radical candidates says about the direction of the Republican Party and... Let me let me leave you with that first. Tell me what you think about that. Well, first of all, uh, I suggested uh, in a column I wrote uh, probably in 2011, uh, after the 2010 elections, I wrote a column suggesting the RNC uh, changed their name to the Tea Party uh, because they are the Tea Party now. Uh, there's no difference between the two of them anymore. Uh, and essentially, the Repu- what you, we used to call the Republican Party is now really the Tea Party. Uh, it is a very conservative. Uh, you know, it's amazing. If you, look, if you look at the vote in the presidential, Republican presidential race, if you add together what I describe as the Looney Tune candidates, uh, that would be Trump, uh, Cruz, Carson, Huckabee, uh, they're all together are getting like 60% of the vote in the Republican primary. Uh, if you add together the people who, you know, basically are moderately conservative, uh, Rubio, uh, Chris Christie, uh, John Kasich, uh, Macaulay Theoriner, all those moderately conservative candidates are getting about 25%. So that tells you who runs the Republican Party. Speaking of who runs the Republican Party, uh, Donald Trump is going to be apparently skipping tomorrow night's debate. And we have a caller on that. I want to go to our good friend uh, Reggie in Georgia. Reggie, what's your take on this? Well, happy hump day to both you, yourself, Marky, Mark Ramorty, and Brad Bannon, too, as well, guys. Happy hump day. Hi, Reggie. How you doing, guys? Yeah, I would just like to say, why doesn't he just grow the hell up, move the hell on, get past it, get over it, move past this, go down to the GOP convention, show up, get it over and done with, grin and bear it, you know, face the music, face the consequences, because Megyn Kelly's not going anywhere, because as I've heard, Roger L. is fiercely very loyal to all of his staff members who work for him, and those who work for him, including, that includes Megyn Kelly. And she'll, you know, she'll be there to question him yet once again. What do you think about that, Brad? Uh, Well, first of all, I think Donald Trump's making a big mistake. Uh, for a couple of different reasons. One of all, one of which is, I think the race in Iowa between him and Ted Cruz uh, is pretty close now. And essentially, what Trump is doing is giving Ted Cruz uh, an uninterrupted uh, time to make a pitch to Iowa voters, because you know, without Trump there, Cruz is going to be and Cruz especially will be able to talk uh, a lot more than he would. Uh, and I think that's dangerous, given the fact the Iowa race is uh, uh, very close, and I think it is. Uh, I also think it's bad uh, because, let's face it, um, voters will think if you can't stand up to, uh, uh, to uh, Megyn Kelly, can you stand up to Vladimir Putin? Uh, yeah, I, if I was Trump, I would do debate, uh, say something at the beginning, uh, maybe even a joke about Megyn Kelly, and get through it. Yeah, I mean... The- Not a stupid joke. No. Glad to see he could say, hey, I'm here. Glad to see you, Megan. I'm glad you could make it. 
yeah, make light of the situation, but yeah. that, that would show that he actually, you know, has some type of uh, political intelligence. Whereas I think he's just been kind of rolling around the country doing whatever he wants. And you know, as you and I have been surprised how well it's been working for him. Um, that said, you know, I think that what you brought up, Brad, about the way it's going to hurt him is going to be very interesting. The press release by Fox News was hilarious when I read it at first. Like you talked about, you know, them him having to face down, you know, Vladimir Putin and other leaders of the world. How's he going to do that if he can't even face down Megyn Kelly? I, I, I was laughing. But, Brad, we are out of time. I want to thank you very much for coming on. Um, make sure you check out Brad's work. You can follow uh, what Brad does. He posts all of his interviews uh, like this in his um, blogs. Uh, if you go to his Twitter page, that's probably the best way to uh, check him out. His handle is at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Check out his website, BannonCR.com, and you can find him on Facebook, which is Facebook.com, Brad.Bannon1. This is Mark Romaldi. Uh, I've been in for Leslie Marshall, who will be returning right after this quick commercial break. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. Half price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal at participating McDonald's. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.